0: I started cutting grass in high school as a way to make extra cash. And I just stuck with this little lawn mowing business all through high school and all through college. And over a 15 year period of time, I built this little lawn mowing business.
1: So we can actually show our customers, hey, if you put a dollar into marketing, if you put two dollars into marketing, you're going to get three, four five, six dollars back.
2: The name of your company and what you do has to be memorable. And usually when people read our banner or see our website or hear our name, They go, okay, I'll bite.
3: We've got the world's first product that is as natural as you can get, that reduces dental tartar, which makes everybody have a healthier mouth when they go into the dentist.
1: Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and
4: Elizabeth Gearhart. This is Richard Gearhart on Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurs, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. Our guest this evening is Brian Clayton, CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an app that connects local lawn care professionals with consumers. GreenPal has been called the Uber for lawn care and generates $20 million per year in income. Our Power Move segment is hosted by Kenya Gibson, who will be interviewing Jared Curry, who is 19 years old and is the founder of a seven-figure business. After that, we'll hear from our presenters, Hope Zavara, who will keep your body parts moving on that long ride, and afterwards, John Anderson, who will keep those teeth clean. Filling in tonight for Elizabeth Gerhardt is Kenya Gibson. Elizabeth is getting ready for our son's wedding. Kenya, it's really great to have you here.
5: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be your co pilot today. I know planning a wedding and getting ready for a wedding is not an easy task. So, kudos to her. She yeah. probably needs a whole week
4: off to do that. That's this. basically what she said. And I'm like, well, what do you need a week off for? And she's and since then, I've seen pedicures, manicures, hair things, facial things, dress alteration things. For me, I think I'm just gonna polish my shoes, maybe get a haircut, even though I'm not really sure I need it. And also get my shoes on just grab a suit right and hit the road
5: guys uh, have it easy when it comes to the event stuff you just need a nice suit and a good shave, and that's it we have all these <laughs> other things to do it's so annoying
4: so I guess she was right to take the week off and uh, we're really looking forward to it our son's getting married in Pittsburgh to uh, a wonderful girl I'm really happy that they're starting life together it's a very happy time for us and our family so well I congratulations think, well thank you very much it's a really a justification For missing passage to profit, for sure. So in any case, we usually start with some IP in the news. We've got two stories to talk about. One is the discussion lately about COVID vaccine and patents. Should the companies, the pharmaceutical companies that created the vaccine, should they be encouraged or forced to turn over their intellectual property to other countries so that other countries can make the vaccines and be put in a position where that perhaps more doses could be created more quickly. And I guess there's really two sides to this. The first side is the humanitarian side. And in fact, the US government does have the power under the Bayh-Dole Act to order companies to provide a compulsory license to intellectual property if it's deemed to be in the public interest and if the inventions were made with federal funds. So they certainly have the power to do that. And anybody who accepts federal funds for research may be required to do that. Also, there's the hope that maybe by spreading the knowledge a little bit, the virus will be better controlled, right? If the more people have access to the vaccines then they'll be able to put the nip in the bud of this pandemic a little bit sooner. That's one possibility. The other side of this is that really it's not so much the patents but it's all of the know-how and all of the understanding on how to actually make and produce the vaccine that is really the most important part and not so much the intellectual property. As I understand it, making the vaccines is very complicated and it takes a lot of know-how and manufacturing know-how, which really couldn't be transferred that quickly. So you have those two competing pieces. I'm just wondering, Kenya, do you have any thought, questions about that?
5: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a, such a complicated conversation, right? Because then you have someone who has invented something and they're passionate about protecting it. And then it's, you're almost being forced to share your knowledge and your intellectual property against your own will. So it's like, that's kind of good and it's kind of bad. I do believe in the whole humanitarian thing, though, like if you have some sort of method or you have some sort of invention that's world changing and is going to help other people. Like, I think that's the right thing to do to share it. But I guess my question to you is like, you know, if it's made with federal funds and they're kind of forced to do this, do they have to share the method of manufacturing outside of the actual formula itself.
4: They probably have patents on the methods of manufacturing since it is complex, so it's not just the formula that they would be asked to share. The COVID vaccines are going to need to be made for a long time. Right now the average cost of a COVID vaccine is $40 per vaccination, so it's not outrageously expensive like, you know, some drug treatments. And if you share the technology for making this one vaccine. You're not just sharing the technology for one vaccine. You're sharing a platform technology, which means this technology could be used to make a lot of different things. And so the companies have invested for a long time to develop these platforms. And if they just restricted the use to making COVID vaccines, maybe that would work. But they're reluctant to share this technology that could be used for other reasons.
5: And rightfully so. I mean, I feel like this is not really a case of one size fits all. Because they all have their own different versions. So it's tricky to kind of know what's the right and the wrong way to go about this, you know? But again, I think if it's gonna help the greater good, information is power. And, you know, you have to kind of look at it that way too.
4: I agree. And I was listening to the CEO, you know, India is having a lot of problems right now. And he admitted that even if they had the technology, they wouldn't be in a position to actually manufacture the vaccine anywhere from a year to 18 months anyway. But what he said, which I thought was a good idea, would be some sort of partnership with the companies where they can kind of work out the details and protect everybody's interests. And so I think something like that sounds to me like a fair way to go about doing things. Getting the vaccines out there is the priority, but if you can also manage it in a way to kind of help everybody keep their investments strong, then I think that that makes a lot of sense. And so I thought that was a good suggestion. For sure. Pat and Palooza. So today we're going to be talking about the famous banana case. It looks like a sausage and it splits down the middle and uh, you can put your banana in there when you're carrying it to lunch or to work. And this way, you don't have to worry about having a smashed banana, because I always put mine in my backpack, and sometimes it makes it in one piece, and sometimes it doesn't. I think it's a great idea. My only question is, is, well, what if your banana is different size or different shape? Do you get a bunch of different banana cases? Does one size fit all bananas? I'm not really sure where that could go, but it seems like a creative idea. So, um, so
5: creative. I, I mean, I love bananas and it's funny. Cause I'm like, I didn't know anything like that existed. You're right. And you, <laughs> you, you travel around with it. It's not like something you can kind of stick anywhere. Cause if it gets smushed, it just makes everything gross and disgusting, right. but I'm sure they had to have like a variation in size, right? Like they are, it's not, I it can't, I don't think it can be a one size fit all type of product. I don't know enough about it.
4: Yeah, I mean the way the patent reads, they do say that you need different sizes. But you know, they make Tupperware in different sizes, right? So true. This why is wouldn't true. you? Why couldn't you have your own banana carrier collection?
5: It's a great idea. I would actually buy that.
4: And the other one, you could have an avocado case because those get smushy too, and That's avocados a good idea are supposed as well. to be very healthy, right?
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: You're listening to Passage to Profit, and we have to take a break. Richard Gearhart with his co-host, Kenya Gibson, will be right back after this.
6: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands, using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. First, visit gearhartlaw.com. Together we can change the world. Visit G E A R H A R T L A W.com. This ad has been read by a non attorney spokesperson.
4: Now back to passage to profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome back, everybody. This is Richard Gearhart with my co host this evening, Kenya Gibson. Hi, Kenya.
5: Hi, Richard. How are you? Thank Hi. you for having me.
4: Oh, it's, it's great. Actually, I'm a little slow today. I had the COVID vaccine on Sunday and I had the Moderna vaccine. It just knocked me on my butt for about two days. I'm back in the swing of things now, but I hope this keeps me safe and I encourage everybody else out there who hasn't gotten it yet to get it, right? Very important uh, part of controlling this epidemic.
5: Well, I'm glad you're feeling better.
4: Yeah. So, With us tonight is Brian Clayton, who's a business mentor and the CEO and co-founder of GreenPal, an online marketplace that connects homeowners with local lawn care professionals. And he's been called the Uber for Lawn Care by Entrepreneur Magazine. (laughs) Over 200,000 active users completing the thousands of transactions a day and generating lots of lots of money. So welcome to our show, Brian. So What's it like to run a big business like that?
0: Hey, thanks for having me on, Richard. It's it's awesome to come on and share my story. Uh, So yeah, you know, starting GreenPal, we're an eight-year overnight success. Started this in the (laughs) summer of 2013, and it didn't start off as a big company. It actually started off very, very, uh, very small and humbly. Uh, My two co-founders and I uh, started working on the app eight years ago. And the first thing we did was pass out a bunch of door flyers all over Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, getting the word out about this app that we had built, which was supposed to be the Uber for lawn mowing, but it didn't really fulfill that vision in the early days. It was really clunky. It was hard to use, but luckily we were able to hustle up a few dozen people to use it. And we just kept talking to people, asking them what they wanted, what they wanted to see the app to do. And we just rinsed and repeated that process over, over year after year after year. And, and we were, we were doubling in their in, You know, every year after year in the early years, and that number just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And now here we are, eight years later couple hundred thousand people using the app or doing over $20 million a year in revenue. Uh, and now it's starting to get fun. Uh, you know, I've got a good team around me. I come into work every day. Everybody here is smarter than me. That's a lot of fun. And uh, it's actually getting to the point where we've got some good momentum behind us and we're able to take bigger bets and, and, and do things quicker and faster. So it's just one of those things, you know, we just stuck it out uh, in the early years. And luckily we just didn't give up. And I think that's the key to our success. It was just not giving up. Kenya?
5: That's great. Yeah, no, I have two questions for you. One is, when is the last time you mowed a lawn? And the other (laughs) one is, how do you find people, like, how are you finding the people that are actually contracting with you that go out and provide the service?
0: Before GreenPal, I actually had a lawn mowing business. I started cutting grass in high school as a way to make extra cash. And I just stuck with this little lawn mowing business all through high school and all through college. And over a 15 year period of time, I built this little lawn mowing business into one of the largest landscaping companies in the state of Tennessee, where I live. I got that business over 150 employees, over $10 million in revenue. And in 2013, the business was acquired by one of the largest landscaping companies in the United States. So I kind of have the lawn mowing business in my my dna I, I have the scars and 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 all of the experience and know how it how it works from the inside out and so i plowed all of that into how we built the app for green pal and so GreenPal is really, it's a it's an app that connects buyers and sellers. It's a marketplace, and we it's a nice convenience for homeowners to, to get this service done. But really, why we do what we do, why I get out of bed in the morning, is to give anybody access to the American dream, give anybody access to running a successful lawn care business just by plugging into our platform and working hard and because I know how hard it is to to run a lawn mowing company. And that's why I I love this job. That's why I love founding this company is because, you know, we have story after story of story, people that didn't know how to run their business, didn't know how to market it, weren't making any money. And, and, and after a year on our platform, they're making the more money they've ever made in their entire life, material income. And that's a lot of fun for me. And uh, so, yeah, that taking that kind of supplier approach first, solving for all of their needs is how we are able to offer a nice convenience to, to homeowners where they can push a button and hire them off the shelf. That's, That's great. So
4: do you recommend mowing the grass when it's wet?
0: <laughs> no unless you want an irritated upset customer now sometimes you have to uh particularly in the springtime and uh you know anywhere where it's just raining like three or four days out of the week sometimes you have to uh but then you got to get out of a smaller piece of equipment you might have to push mow it you can't get the big tractor on the on the lawn it's going to leave ruts so you're going to have an upset customer so i do not recommend that
4: i appreciate that because sometimes our lawn ends up with ruts and uh it's not a pleasant sight. Let me
0: tell you. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. If you want to keep that customer, you might want to let it dry out. Or, you know, a lot of things that we teach our, our service providers just communication proactive communication with your clientele, reach out to your customer, say, Hey, a little wet this week. You mind if we skip this week, it might get a little long, but I think it's a better move. Really training that service provider to run a successful small business is kind of what our technology does over time, because, you know, we're not taught this stuff in school. We're not taught how to run a small business in high school or college. You kind of have to learn this stuff as you go. And that's, that's what our app is kind of geared towards is, is training anybody to run a successful lawn care business and slowly kind of evolve them from not knowing how to do it to running a six-figure company
5: that's great i actually that brings me to my next question so i was going to ask you what systems do you have in place to ensure that every customer has that same experience every time because obviously you're building a brand and like you know you have all these people that are, are, are part of the platform but like how do you ensure that everyone's having that same green pal experience
0: that's an awesome question because that's the kind of the role of our platform. It's That's our job is to make sure that a homeowner gets a good quality job done when they hire somebody to come out to mow their yard. And they, not, they don't know them, you know, they don't know if they're any good or not. And so when we first started, it was very much hand cranking. It was, we would interview these people face-to-face, we would look at their equipment, we would talk to their past customers, and we would make sure that through a curated approach that we only got the best on the platform. You know, now we have 25,000 lawn care services that use it, we can't personally do that to every single one of them but what we have built are systems in place to understand these are the reliable contractors and these are the ones that aren't so reliable and so we measure them on a few different dimensions one is how often do they show up on time How, how often do they show up on the day they are supposed to show up to come cut your grass. And you would think this is a simple thing, but like the case of the disappearing long guy or the case of the long guy flaking or ghosting on you, it's real. Like they just don't show up and then they just drop off the face of the earth. So we measure that. And so we, we understand, okay, 93% of the time this service provider shows up on the day they're supposed to. And then we also measure how often do they get booked for a second lawn mowing, third and fourth lawn mowing, because that's a big indicator Of are they offering a quality service? Do they do a nice and neat job edging the driveway and blowing off all the grass clipping? You know, if the grass is really tall, do they run over it a couple times to make it nice and neat when they're done? You know, we've been at this eight years and we're still working on one problem. How do we make lawn care easier, faster, quicker, cheaper, more convenient, more consistent? Just making that better and better and better. You know, we also offer other uh, yard maintenance services like shrubs and mulch and seed. After you get hooked up with a good lawn mowing service, but we're still focused on that first kind of initial use case. How do we make that smoother, easier, cheaper, faster?
4: Talking with Brian Clayton, uh, but we have to take a break and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard Gerhardt and our substitute co-host, Kenya Gibson will be back after this commercial break.
6: What are entrepreneurs most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at gearheartlaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at GearHeartLaw, Law, www.gearhartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact GearheartLaw Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L. LAW.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
1: Passage to Profit
4: continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And we have a special treat for you this evening, a special Power Move with Coach Kenya. So Kenya.
5: Today for Power Move, we're featuring Jared Curry. So Jared is the inventor and founder of Scope 16. He's 19 years old, and he's already built a seven-figure business, which you've got me blown away. (laughs) So Jared, welcome to Power Move. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Kenya, for having me.
5: Yeah. So tell us about Scope 16 and where the idea and the vision came
1: from. I'm going to start off from the very early days because people always look at your success and they see where you are now. And everyone says it's an overnight success, but they don't realize that it took multiple years to get there. So I want to start from the very beginning that allowed me to get the company to where it is now. When I first started Scope, I had just read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And it literally changed my life because it gave me permission. And keep in mind, I was in high school. I was a junior or I believe, yeah junior in high school at the time and the book was telling me um it, it was it was a lot of paradigm shifts right and it was the fine conventional wisdom um that you needed to go to school to get a high-paying job and that college was the only way to truly educate yourself and once I read that book and I watched some of Robert's TED talks I gave myself permission to say hey I'm going to go all in on entrepreneurship because number one, you only live once and I don't want to be on my deathbed one day saying, wow, what if I would have done this? What if I would have done that? I want to be able to say I lived and I accomplished everything that I wanted to do and I took all the risks that I wanted to do. So that's what I wanted to really focus my life on. So I read the book and I started taking action. I started going on YouTube and I said, schooling wasn't the way I was going to educate myself because schooling is not education in my opinion there's YouTube university out there. There's the internet. There's so many other platforms where someone can learn. And I found someone named Billy Wilson on the internet on uh, YouTube. And um, he was talking about how he'd actually dropped out of college at the age of 21, I believe. And he actually started his own social media marketing company. And once I saw videos about that, I went all in. I uh, had to use OPM because I wanted to invest in coaching with Billy. So I used uh, my parents' money to invest in some coaching with Billy. And he taught me how to build a social media marketing company. And that's kind of how we got started.
5: Gotcha. I was like, OPM, other people's money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
5: okay. <laughs> got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. So, so you are, it is a social media marketing agency, right? You focus on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, and you help people and brands use all these things. So I would say, what makes you different from all of the other agencies out there? Because that's everyone's claim these days, right? So what, what do you say makes your agency different?
1: I want to start off by, and first say, you know, we've had a lot of different phases in our agency. In the beginning, um, when I really didn't know much, I was focusing on just any business that would uh, work with us. We had a taxi company, we had a cleaning company that we were helping them get more customers. And then we eventually niched down into the fitness space. And we scaled up to about the six-figure run rate. So we were doing a little more than $14,000, $15,000 a month and monthly recurring revenue. And at that point, COVID happened and we were in fitness. So all of our gyms had to shut down. So we lost all of our retainers and probably a span of a week and a half, I would say. So we went to zero and I was a senior in high school at the time. And then after that, Um, I said, hey, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to try this one more time. I'm going to restart this entire thing, reset the entire process. And I didn't see it as a, I stopped looking at it as a big problem. And I saw it as an opportunity because what happened during COVID, everyone was going online and they were buying stuff online. They couldn't go in the store. And I knew e-commerce was going to blow up. And I knew I know that e-commerce is going to continue to blow up. So I decided to put all of our eggs in that one basket and go all in on the e-commerce space. Because at the end of the day, a lot of agencies, they're the jack of all trades, but they're the master at none. So I decided to focus specifically on e-commerce. And now we're helping e-com brands blow up uh, using coaching, using content, and we're actually getting them customers because we're using something called the Facebook pixel code. So we're using the Facebook algorithm to track conversions. So we can actually show our customers, Hey, if you put a dollar into marketing, if you put $2 into marketing, you're going to get three, four five, $6 back. Because at the end of the day, if it's not making money, it's not marketing. So that's the biggest differentiator between us and other agencies. We actually generate revenue for our clients.
5: I love that. That That's the good tagline to, to live by. And you are listening to Power Move on Passage to Profit with Jared Curry today, and his story has been wonderful and inspiring.
4: It certainly has, Jared, and thanks a lot for appearing on Passage to Profit. Your story is a great one and inspiring to all entrepreneurs, and it goes to show that If you put your mind to it, you can do it no matter where you're starting from, right? So great message. And we wish you all of the success going forward. That's really outstanding to hear what you've done. Thanks so So, for having me. We'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this.
7: Hi, I'm Lisa Askleys, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later, and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world: QVC, HSN, EVine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeleys, the Inventress. Go to Inventing A toz.com inventing a to z.com email me lisa at inventing a to z.com treat yourself to a day chock full of networking education music shopping and fun go to my website inventing A-T-O-Z.com.
0: now back to
4: passage to profit once again richard and elizabeth gearhart and if you've been stuck in a truck for a long period of time our next guest has the solution for you. Hope Zavara is here to talk about her project. Go ahead and tell us how you solve this problem.
2: I work with truck drivers. People usually look at me and go, truck drivers? <laughs> and and uh, yes. Yeah, so Do pardon? you have truck
4: drivers in your family?
2: Uh, You know, interestingly enough, I don't. And so I am not a truck driver by nature, but uh, three years ago, I met someone in trucking and that's really kind of how all this magic started. So I help truck drivers move more from the cab of their truck, three to five minute easy moves that they can do from the driver's seat, the sleeper, which is their bed and right outside the rig. And uh, like I said, three years ago, I met somebody in trucking. I have a background in yoga and fitness. I had a yoga studio for 14 years and a yoga school here in Wisconsin. And I was looking for a change. Maybe you you can relate, you get to a point in your career where you're like, I think I did everything I have done and can do in this area. And I was looking for that next step. And uh, I went to a local business mixer here with my husband and I knew everyone in the room. And I look over at this guy I'd never met before and I'm trying to pitch him corporate yoga because that's part of what I did. And he looked at me and said, do you have anything for truck drivers like in the cab of their truck? And I threw up my hands and I said, mother trucker yoga, just trying to get a rise out of this guy, have a conversation. And he looked at me and stuck out his hand and said, that's brilliant. You want to go into business? We stuck on it and he called me the next day. And in four months, we built a full platform, a video platform for drivers and companies to subscribe to. And uh, we built a website and we launched at the country's largest truck show in Louisville. That was three years ago. Amazing. Interesting. So I think of
5: truck drivers, right? And yoga is like a thing and it, and it could be considered like this kind of like lofty thing to do sometimes, right? How do you get truckers to kind of get past the, you know, like, the, like they're kind of rugged guys. Like I'm not trying to, you know, throw shade, but like, how do you get their mindset and adjust their mindset to embrace the whole
2: yoga thing? Well, I think first of all, one of the things I've learned being in business, as long as I have is the name of your company and what you do has to be memorable. And usually when people read our banner or see our website or hear our name, they go mother trucker yoga and okay, I'll bite. And uh, if our company was like yoga for the driver's seat, I don't think it would create the conversation it does. So I think that's the first win that we have is that people are willing to come up to us and have a conversation whether or not they're interested. And the second thing is we're not your traditional yoga. So you're never gonna see us telling drivers to put their foot on their head and you know, meditate and, and om the night away. Uh, we're really focused on small, simple changes. And one of the things we learned when my former business partner and I looked at, okay, is there a market for this? Is there is there something for us here in the trucking industry? We found a couple other people kind of doing some stuff in there, but their focus was for drivers to run around their truck as fast as they can for four minutes, to do 200 push-ups and you know 100 jumping jacks. And I don't know about you, but if you've seen truck drivers, the average truck driver is 55 to 65 years old, and 87% of truck drivers are overweight. I don't think any driver is going to be doing that anytime soon. Small, simple changes. Posture, ergonomics. Hey, make sure that you like reach your arms up overhead, you know, during the day from the driver's seat. Think about when you're at a computer. Mm -hmm. How often do you find yourself and go, oh my gosh, I have not moved in like two hours? I've been frozen in this position.
4: Hope, what kind of information do you get from truck drivers? What kind of feedback do you get on the program?
2: And so, our drivers that do sign up with us usually find that they're blown away at how easy and simple it is because we're so focused on reducing pain and helping them move more and feel better so then they are interested in eating healthier they are interested in maybe thinking about exercising or you know walking whatever it is the feedback has always been this is a lot easier than i thought it was i wish someone would have showed me these things sooner
4: can you give us a like a little rundown of the exercises that truckers can do and do they do them while they're driving or? Do yeah, they...
2: well, we're, we're going to do this together here. So first things first, I just want you to sit up straight, recognize if you've been slouching drivers after just, you know, 45 minutes and then, you know, three hours, six hours later, recognize that they're like on top of the steering wheel. If you work at a computer by 3 p.m., I'm literally on top of my desk. It's like, whoa, Hope, you need to step back. So first things first, just sit up straight. The second thing that I want you to do is what I call break the stick. So we're focusing on posture right now. So bring your arms up in front of you, shoulder height. And I want you to imagine that you are the Incredible Hulk. And you're going to take your hands. I'm going to back up. You're going to take your hands. Right. And you're going to break the stick. And as you do that, you're going to feel your shoulders drop down. So we go from up tight to down. And usually people don't realize how tense they are in the shoulders until they do that. And they're like, whoa, that's a big difference. And then the last thing you're gonna do is take your fingers to your chin and just slide your head back slightly. So if you're having neck pain or that pain between your shoulder blades, usually that's from forward head, our head can add up to 60 pounds of pressure to our upper back just by hanging the head forward. So these are such simple little things that we can be doing throughout the day, whether we're a truck driver or a school teacher, or heck, we're on a radio show right now being interviewed. These are small, simple changes that add up to big results.
4: So Hope, do you have anything for back pain?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I'm standing right now, but if you're sitting, you can do what's called a pelvic tilt. And so you're just going to sit nice and tall again. And when you take a big breath in, arc your lower back, like there's a pin behind you. Or there's a little flame and you're trying to get away from it. And that might even feel a little stiff. And then when you breathe out, think about tucking your tailbone and pulling your belly muscles in towards your back body. You're kind of rounding out that. And you're just going to keep doing that repeatedly. This is one of the moves that I teach my truck drivers.
4: I think everybody on the show is doing your exercise.
2: I know, right? Right. The longer that you sit, one of the big issues with that is circulation and blood clot. And so by moving your pelvis that way, you allow more blood flow into the legs and you allow that blood flow to move back up to the heart. And so if you're just sitting even at your computer and you're not moving your body throughout the day, there are negative effects and consequences to that, that we don't see. And usually don't see till years later. And it's like, this magical issue just magically appeared. Well, it really didn't. This has been progressive over time. So these are the things that I'm really teaching these drivers um, along with focus and breathing. Stress is a big issue in small little bite-sized pieces.
5: I love it. I was just going to say, I think I know why your name is
2: catchy. I have some truck drivers in my family and they curse a lot. So (laughs) (laughs) you got to have fun with it. And and we just recently launched a pain relief cream that is going to be moving out into truck stops nationwide in this coming year. And it's called stiff mother trucker. So we got to have fun with our clients and we got to have a memorable name. So yes, pun intended. You can laugh. It's okay. (laughs) <laughs> so all of
4: this is available on an app. Is that how they subscribe to the app and then they get these exercises?
2: Yeah. So currently we're an online platform. We spent the last two and a half years surveying our drivers to make sure everything that we have inside the platform is what they want in the way that they want it. And so our goal here in the next year to two year and a half is to actually roll out an app, but we chose not to do that in the beginning because we wanted to make sure how it was laid out, what we were offering, the way that we are offering it, was what drivers actually wanted. And we've learned a lot over. The the last couple of years. And if we would have done that in the beginning, I'm pretty sure I would have probably changed it about, I don't know, a hundred different times.
4: <laughs> That's great. That's great. I mean, that would turned out to be a smart move, you know, making sure that you've got it down and the proof of concept worked out.
5: You know, it's a niche market, but a, a needed one. And I love how you've been thinking outside of like what we typically will think about in fitness and what our approach is. Like, I think we try to go after a whole bunch of people and try to make this one size fits all approach. I love and respect the fact that you looked at a an issue that was, you know, affecting a specific demographic and got really smart about it.
4: I would foresee you know, the same kind of app for like subway travelers or something.
2: Well, really, if-, if you're a driver of any kind, I mean, think about, you know, Brian with Green Pal, Uber Eats, uh, Grubhub, all of these people are sitting in the driver's seat for hours a day. Then they're going and doing extreme movement, whether it's mowing a lawn, running in as fast as they can to someone's, you know, front door to drop off their food and then chasing back to the car so that they can make those couple extra bucks when they're on time and their deliveries are hot that all plays a toll on the body. And so when we have these little teeny things in our toolbox, we're gonna to find that we're happier and we're healthier and we're in a better mood. And, and I think everybody wins when that's the case.
4: Hope, where can people find you?
2: Absolutely, you can go to our website at mothertruckeryoga.com. And uh, we do a lot of stuff on Facebook and Instagram as a lot where my drivers hang out. So you can check us out there as well for our Facebook lives.
4: Well, thanks a lot for being here. You're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard Gerhart and Kenya Gibson. We'll be back right after this message.
6: There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or w.com This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
4: Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Richard Gearhart here, along with our co-host, Coach Kenya, Kenya Gibson from iHeartRadio. And our next guest is somebody that I personally wished I would met many, many years ago. John Anderson has a solution for tartar buildup. Actually, tartar reduction on your teeth, and I've struggled mm-hmm. with this all my life. So, nice to meet you, John, and tell us all about it.
3: Well, I appreciate you having me on the show. My name is John Anderson. I'm the president of the Perigen Company, founded about 10 years ago in San Diego. My brother was really the initiator, Doug Anderson. He had all kinds of oral care issues related to tartar buildup. He was getting frequent deep cleanings, and those are pretty invasive procedures. He said there's got to be a way to reduce tartar in your mouth. I mean, it formed naturally, there's got to be a way to get rid of it. So we actually started working on various compositions of of existing oral care product ingredients to try to come up with something that would soften and reduce dental tartar. One of the big concerns, of course, is that we don't want to introduce something new to your mouth. I mean, we don't want new chemicals or anything. So everything that was used to come up with a tartar reducing solution was a food additive. So essentially, over Couple of years time, he did develop finally a as natural as you can get uh, tartar-reducing rinse based on food additives that are already in Twinkies and ice cream and all kinds of stuff. And sure enough, it worked. So here we are. He pulls me into the business ten years ago roughly, and says, "We got to find a way to make a business out of this. How do we do this?" So we started with our friends, and they tried our product. And over a year or so, it spread by word of mouth (pun intended) that this product was reducing tartar. And when people went into their dentist, the dentist would say, what have you been doing different? And they say, well, I'm using this product called Periogen. And uh, they go, wow, well, tell me more about it. So we had some, it grew real slow. And the one, one thing I've noticed with every, all the guests here is that none of this is easy and none of it's fast. And we found there were all kinds of issues along the way that we had to overcome. Uh, the product that's been around for a long time, I'm holding a bottle that looks like a, could have been an old aspirin bottle here and uh, our original product is simply a powder and this little three ounce bottle it's got a little scoop in it that scoop you just take out a little bit of product take it out and put it mix it with water and swish every morning preferably morning and night and it reduces existing tartar and definitely prevents anything new from happening because most of us wind up You know, it all starts with plaque. We've always heard that plaque. You know, you've got plaque here. Well, that's just biofilm. You can scrape it off with your finger. Tooth brushing teeth gets rid of it. But when you miss something, within about 24 hours, that plaque hardens to tartar. And that tartar can't be removed unless you go to a dentist and get it scraped. And tartar is porous. It's like a coral reef. It harbors bacteria. The issue, of course, is it also harbors the bad bacteria. And eventually that tartar will grow down along the tooth line and taking with it the bacteria. Well, once it, gets too, once it gets really deep, the bacteria, you're really left with just nothing more than what they call anaerobic or, or bacteria that don't need air, and that's the one that causes periodontal infection. It's really not all bacteria because most bacteria in our mouth are good. It's digestive bacteria. It's good for us. We want it there. But this other stuff takes hold once that tartar grows down the root line. So our product reduces dental tartar, and prevents it from forming. And if you put it in an oral irrigator, it's really good at getting down into the pockets and rinsing those out. What is an oral irrigator? Oh, you know, like a water pick. In fact, Waterpik was real excited about us and helped us with a study. So you would think for all of you uh, entrepreneurs out there, you would think that something like this, we've got the world's first product that as natural as you can get, that reduces dental tartar, which makes everybody have a healthier mouth when they go into the dentist it should sell itself doesn't work that way because as everybody here knows, it's very tough to bring these things to market because there are industries built around what's there. Colgate, Crest, the big names, they've been around a long time. They spent a lot of money on marketing. And most people don't really understand the relationship between plaque, tartar, and periodontal disease. You know, if you tell someone, hey, this will reduce tartar. I've had hundreds of people say, I don't have tartar. I have a buildup. My dentist says I have a buildup. Or they say I have plaque. And I go, uh, well, plaque becomes tartar and tartar is that buildup and we get rid of that. So there's challenges in terms of marketing a product where people don't fully understand the process. And that's because we know what we know. And so here we go. And so early on, my brother and I said, okay, we're going word of mouth. We're getting some good sales. We're online only when we go to the dentist, they're skeptical because this wasn't taught in dental school that you could do this. They were taught that tartar has to be scraped off uh, or use an ultrasonic device. So our next phase was to do clinical research. So we went up about setting up studies all around the world, one in the U.S., one in various places. So we'd have a kind of a multicultural
4: study (laughs) because oral care issues are different around the world. I have a quick question. I'm just wondering, Jared, you're a marketing guy. Do you have any thoughts about this issue, which seems to be kind of penetrating an industry that doesn't really want anything to change, right? Because they have a financial interest in keeping things the same.
1: It's a really good question. And I always like to look at it from something I call upside. So unaware problem, problem aware, solution aware, uh, your solution aware, and then of course the deal. So right now, what it sounds like is that people, I think they might be aware of the problem, but are they aware of the solution? No.
3: And that's the big challenge. For example, Dennis, we went after Dennis with our clinical studies. That was to prove to the dental industry that we were, they were all university studies, peer reviewed, published, and presented in conferences around the world. And, you know, we got approached by a couple of dentists that said, you know, you do what we do and what we have hygienist chairs and those hygienist chairs are used to clean teeth. And that's how we get people in. If people didn't have red sore or bleeding gums, they might not come in to see me. So we have a a real challenge. Now, some dentists just look at this and go, oh, my gosh, this is wonderful. It's the best thing we've ever seen. And some dentists look at us with real fear. And the research that we did to prove that we work only in some cases enhanced that fear. Okay. So what we did is we went from a powder, which makes three gallons of rinse. So it's the cheapest thing around. Yeah. We're marketing how cheap it is with this. It's, it's environmentally friendly. Cause you have one little three ounce bottle makes three gallons of rinse. Still we we're, were having trouble. We decided it was time to kind of go more mainstream. So we took the powder last year. And we put it into a toothpaste, the perigen toothpaste. And we now have reapproached the dental industry with that, and they're more comfortable. With the toothpaste. It's easier to use, it's conventional. It seems to work well enough that their people are feeling good about the product, and the dentists uh, are more apt to just say, Go use this toothpaste. It's a strange
4: business. Brian, do you have any thoughts or questions?
0: You know, I can empathize because you're inventing something from scratch that does not yet exist. So you have to overcome entrenched customer behavior. And so I think the idea of going along with what is already occurring in terms of the, the the toothpaste is a good idea. And thinking along like along those lines of meeting your customer where they're at. As marketers, as founders, as company owners, we have uh, company logic and customer logic. And there's always a gap there. and There's always a big space, like a chasm between the way we think as owners and the way we think as founders and the way our customers are thinking. And so any way you can close that gap, and it might just be Like, you know, if you have a dozen customers, a hundred customers, a thousand customers, just figuring out ways to, to talk to them as much as possible and reducing all of the friction to where they can talk to you. And so maybe on the bottle, you literally put your cell phone number on the bottle and anybody that's using your product can call you, text you, email you. Like for us, that painful like customer feedback on a continual basis has, has been why we've gotten to where we are. And there's all sorts of things that you're not thinking, you're not seeing that your customers can tell you. And, and so like for me, you know, meeting customers where they're at and making it frictionless for them to speak to you as the founder are two things that can kind of help you overcome that stodgy, you know, user behavior, the incumbents, sort to speak, and, and overcome that and put your product right in there. I just had a,
5: just a quick comment um, and just terms of how like you're positioning yourself in the marketplace. So, you know, typically insurance, dental insurance will only cover two cleanings a year. You really need three or more. If you have some, you're someone who has an issue with tartar or plaque buildup and you need scaling and so on and so forth. I almost think of you as like that third essential cleaning that I really need from the dentist that I'm Mm -hmm. not going to be able to get because of my insurance. So it's almost like I would be going after that consumer market that does go to the dentist, right? They're into taking care of their teeth, but they don't have the the luxury of taking advantage of that third cleaning or have to pay out of pocket. Like, so you're like that preventative maintenance to that, right? There's so many, and then there's so many people who don't even have dental insurance that would benefit from. So, So for me, it's like, I think if you had an opportunity to position yourself in the marketplace like that. Like people would come to you in the droves because I know a lot of people who have issues with their oral care that just, they can't even afford to go to a dentist, but this is like something they can do at home.
3: Actually, I like the third cleaning idea. That's pretty good. I mean, we we end up, you know, the goal (laughs) of this product was to cure gum disease at home uh, that's a tall order and not something that cosmetic is allowed to say legally, but with an oral irrigator and things, we definitely improve things drastically at home. And uh, that's the key. And it's funny, our demographic, I see some a lot of young folks here that probably have no issue whatsoever. But once you hit your 40s and 50s, that's when it starts. That's when you start getting that, well, you have a you have a lot of buildup here and uh, we're, you need a deep cleaning. And those are, you know, that's where they numb your gums, and it's pretty invasive process. And so it's tough for us also to reach to the younger crowd and say, hey, we can prevent the inevitable, you know, which is when you hit your 40s and 50s, because basically, once you hit 60, 70% of Americans have gum disease, period, 70% have some form of gum disease, and that's a chronic infection in your body. And nowadays, gum disease is associated with Alzheimer's, all kinds of stuff, because your body is always under attack as long as you have an infection. So it's been a fun, challenging road. We are making progress by everything that's being said here. It's like pulling teeth sometimes. You know? <laughs> yeah, people... sure it is. So how's the toothpaste doing? Toothpaste is doing really well. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't think it would grow this fast, but the it, it's just so easy for people and we tell them you know use the toothpaste and use the rinse but every we're finding out by word of mouth that uh people are kind of putting the rinse away and just using the toothpaste and getting great results we've had uh we've we've signed on more dentists based on ordering they order the toothpaste and then give it to their patients that are having issues so the toothpaste is really remarkable we just finished a study in Europe on the toothpaste uh it's very positive and so It's been a fun ride and we still have a ways to go. Where can people
4: find the toothpaste or the rinse? You can find all
3: of our products either on amazon.com or you can go direct to our website at periogen.com. B-E-R-I-O-G-E-N.com. Back with more
4: passage to profit right after this.
6: What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W dot com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson.
4: Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. It's been a fantastic show, hasn't it, Kenya?
5: So fantastic. Great conversations and a lot of great insight.
4: Yeah, and I absolutely love all of the different projects that we were talking about tonight. So we really run the gambit here on Passage to Profit. Brian Clayton, our guest, do you have any final? Final words before we leave our audience.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, I imagine we have a lot of entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs listening to this. Anybody listening to this is not in business, is thinking about it. Just uh, like like Jared said earlier, give yourself permission. Get in the game, because only when you're in the game can you win. And the thing is, is that you don't want to ask for the easy, cushy job. You don't want to ask for security. Ask for adventure. And your business can be the adventure of your life. It can be the thing that lends an interesting storyline to your life. So get in the game.
4: I love that term, adventure, because entrepreneurism is an adventure. It's a road worth taking, I think, you know, even... Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work out completely the way you want, you grow a lot and you learn a lot. And uh, Jared, do you have any parting
1: words for us? Yeah, definitely. And I think this is going to resonate with a lot of people that are getting started off. There's this guy, he's walking down the street and he falls into a hole and the walls are so steep, he can't get out. A doctor passes by and the guy in the hole shouts up, hey doc, can you help me out? I'm stuck in the hole. The doctor writes out a prescription and he throws it down the hole and moves on. Then a priest comes along and the guy in the hole shouts up, hey, father, can you help me out? I'm stuck in the hole. The priest writes out a prayer, throws it down the hole and moves on. And then a friend comes along and then the guy in the hole shouts up, hey, Joe, it's me. I'm stuck in the hole. Can you help me out? The friend jumps down in the hole and then our guy in the hole says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. Joe says, yeah, but I've been down here before and I know the way out. So for all the entrepreneurs that are listening or the people that aspire to be an entrepreneur, just know that it's not going to be easy. You're going to fall and you're going to mess up, but just know people have been there before. And if you keep watching uh, and listening to to shows like this, we're going to help you get out of that hole. So just keep going. I think there's a great story there. Thanks so much for
4: sharing that. And um, Kenya?
5: Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, again, this was a great conversation. We talked a lot about very important things, oral health, which leads to overall wellness, right? And then the fitness and the yoga with hope. And then we talked about social media marketing, which I I love social media. So it was good to learn some things there. And then one of my least favorite things, which is mowing the lawn. But (laughs) you can reach out to Green Pal to help you with that. So it was it was a great show.
4: On our show this evening was Brian Clayton, who was our guest for Green Pal and his app can be found at www.yourgreenpal.com. And then we had our power move, Jared Curry for Scope 16, www.scope16.com. And Hope Zavara, who presented on Mother trucker yoga and that can be found at www.mothertruckeryoga.com and learn how to move in your truck and stay a little bit healthier and hopefully it'll keep some truckers from maybe falling asleep at the wheel if you stay active and finally we had john anderson from periogen who keeps the tartar off your teeth and he can be found and his product can be found at www.mothertruckeryoga.com periogen.com. That's spelled P-E-R-I-O-G-E-N.com. So before we go, I'd like to say thanks to our audience. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Passage to Profit. And I'd also like to thank Noah Fleischman, our producer, our program coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, our video editor, Angela Wolf. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Passage to Profit on iHeartRadio, W-O-R-710, The Voice of New York.